Hello, and welcome to Grow With Soul. I'm Kate Ferris, a coach, writer, hiker, and recovering high achiever, and this is a work in life podcast. Join me for discussions and musings about how our work can be a small and magical part of a bigger, more meaningful life. So come on in, get comfy, and let's begin. Hello, welcome to Grow With Soul. Q4 is always a bit of a strange one because there is this push-pull between making the most of the end of the year and then also hitting November and thinking, well, that's the year done. Even as the product businesses shout at me that the year is very much not done, I do feel that no matter what your business is, that by the time you get to November, this this sense of just getting through December and thinking forwards to plans for the next year. This is not a time for starting, it feels, but a time for culminating and looking ahead. So today, I thought I'd speak to this a little bit and give you some ideas to shape that thinking and that looking ahead. You may already have some ideas of what you want to do. Maybe you feel totally lost about what direction you want to go in. Maybe you know deep down that the new ideas aren't what you really want, but you're too scared to really deal with that. Wherever you are on this spectrum, there are things to consider at this big picture stage. What got you here won't get you there. And that's what they say. And we take that to mean that what we did to get us here won't get us there. And we set about looking for different things to do, but we're thinking in the same way. If our thinking, our perception of the world and what is possible doesn't change, then we are just doing new things in the same old ways. We get fixed in our thinking of what's possible for us, of what we're allowed to do, of the routes that are open. And sometimes we need to alter our perception. Last week, I wrote a blog post about becoming a 21st century witch in the hut as a way of being rather than doing in my work. I wrote how what I wanted, what I truly wanted was a backing away, to not have to help so explicitly to be able to create, to be present on my own terms, to be free of commitments and to be leaned way, way back from the usual model of online entrepreneurship. I suppose that when you boil it all the way down, I wanted to do what I wanted all day long, which presents the thorny issue of monetization. It's a combination, I think, of being socialized female and of online business advice. That means I have this deep belief that you get money for providing value and value equals service equals help. So I was in a bind, not wanting to be a service provider anymore, but having no way of conceptualizing earning without helping. But that was just my perception. Nothing within that bind really existed. It was just my thoughts and assumptions. What I had to do was simply consider the possibility 
that those thoughts and assumptions were not the absolute truth. That there was a possibility that it might be possible. When you start to consider what else might be possible, your parameters broaden and you really see how you are what's stopping you. So instead of seeing the not helping thing as an impossible bind, I began to see it as the object of my work. When you open the door to possibility, you see the world behind it has completely changed. So if you are there unsure of where to go because nothing feels like it, or even, dare I say especially, if you've picked a super clear direction, perhaps ask yourself, what could be possible? Look back over the things you automatically discounted because they're not for people like you or who's going to pay for that. Think about how you actually wanted to feel or the work you actually wanted to do, but you told yourself off for being selfish or unrealistic. Think about in what ways those things could be possible for someone who's not you. And then you might find that they are possible for someone who is you. Okay, you've considered the possibility. The natural impulse is to plan the living hell out of your ideas, but I find that this can crush them. I have more than once had the world's best idea for a book when I'm on a walk and then I've got home and I've opened a Google Doc to write the chapter summaries and the idea has just died in my arms. It was too soon and it was just a little spark that needed some time to flesh out into a flame but my overattention snuffed it out. We are moving something from the imagination and into reality and that is a delicate process. Like when you buy fish from a pet shop and you need to float the bag on top of the tank rather than just tipping them straight in, the idea needs to acclimatise. And the bag we're floating it in is called a vision. Now that I'm saying it, I think I need to find a less overused word than vision because it feels a bit flat, but I haven't got time right now, so let's just run with it. The vision is the conduit of bringing the idea from dreamland to reality. It shows it the form, the shape it needs to take, provides a mould for the idea to flow into so it knows what it needs to become. I have, I think, told you before about my idea called mapping and how it was a name I've had rattling around in my brain for a couple of years. And I have tried to squeeze it straight into a real form in the past. So a strategy course or a planning course or some sort of upper level marketing course. (laughs) And every single time it noped straight out of there. And those courses never even got to the preliminary Google Doc stage. But then this year I had a witch in the hut style vision for a program for people who didn't know what they wanted, but they knew it wasn't this, that would lead them in a very beautifully delivered and independent way to become acquainted with their own power and find their own way. And I remember distinctly walking up the garden steps at my old house and stopping because I just thought, oh, it's mapping. This was what mapping needed to be, but also I needed the specific vision for the type of program that needed to fit into the type of life I wanted 
in order for what I had thought wasn't possible to become possible. You can allow your idea to play independently in the corner of your brain. It is learning what it needs to be. It is growing stronger and smarter. Keep checking in on it so you both know you haven't forgotten it. Take it a cup of orange squash and a biscuit, but don't feel you have to helicopter parent it. Instead, think about how you want to feel in your life six months from now. Think about a day, what you're doing, what you're working towards, how you're feeling. And once you feel really aligned with that vision, you can point the idea in that direction and run out the door together. Another thing that I need a better word for is the ooze. The ooze isn't quite it, but it's the closest I've currently got. And I personally feel the ooze when I'm walking up a hillside that is clad in bracken and I reach a corner a little out of breath and this vista opens up in front of me with the sun breaking on the mountains and I just think, yes. This is it. I feel it when I put a first slice of stone-baked pizza in my mouth and it is so good. I feel it when the fire is on and I sit on the little sheepskin rug in front of it with a book that I'm really enjoying. I suppose the ooze is the emotional reaction to the stuff of life. It's like joy, but it's not as exuberant. It's not like joy. It is a kind of calm, seductive, almost relaxed shoulders, sure of itself, blissful serenity that brings a small smile and a yes, this is good. You may already know where in your life you feel your own kind of ooze. And if not, look out for it. There are two things to think about with your long range planning. The first is structuring your vision and your plans for the ooziest possible life. Consciously making space to experience the ooze once a day, once a week, once a minute, whatever is doable. The ooze is what makes life worth living. And that is enough of a reason to make room for it. The second thing to think about is how can your work be more oozy? What is the work you currently do that feels the closest to the ooze? The bits you really look forward to, that make you feel great, that you're conscious of just really enjoying in the moment. How can you take those conditions and apply them to more and more of what you do to make it all feel that much better? The last thing I want to talk to you about is sheep trails. So when you're hiking in the hills, the footpath is often not signposted or even visible. And then you see a little track and you think, oh, that must be it. And you just sort of happily start walking along it. And then you check the map and see that, oh, you're a really long way off the actual route. You, what you found was a little way that was made by sheep and you followed it thinking it was the way you wanted to go because it was so clear and so obvious but it wasn't true sheep trails are neither good nor bad 
They're not going to take you where you want to go. They might even take you off course, but they also won't lead you into danger. A sheep trail will skirt around the edge of a bog, avoid big craggy boulders and like not go over huge big holes in the ground. A sheep trail is a place you can safely get your bearings, but ultimately it won't take you anywhere. There are sheep trails in our work. For me, one-to-one client work is a sheep trail. It's a route that is comfortable, one that I can safely follow for miles and miles, happily enough, but it's not my route. A sheep trail will look and feel like the right path. You will be able to see clearly ahead, be able to comfortably make good progress. And this makes it hard to tell that it is a sheep trail. All you can do is hold them in your awareness. Is this really where I want to be going? Or is this a sheep trail? Does this feel like it can take me towards my vision? Or does it have the capacity to wind me further away? And you can follow them for a little while, but just knowing that at some point you're gonna have to get off. And that's our show for today. You can find the show notes on my website at simpleandseason.com forward slash podcast. And you can find me on Instagram at simpleandseason. If you have a few minutes and you feel you would like to, and if you enjoyed the podcast, I would really appreciate if you could leave a rating and review there in the app. Otherwise, if you have a friend who you think would really enjoy this episode, please do send them a link. And until next time, I hope you grow a soul.